Hey kids, it's your host Bob. Uh, no problems, no crisis this time around. Just needed to make an announcement. Uh, if you remember back when we were covering Nightmares last year, we talked to Jules Vincent and Chuck McHugh, uh, the writers of Alive, which is that fantastic, fantastic movie that we cannot spoil it because it's that amazing uh, with Angus McFadden. Uh, that was just so wonderful. Um, this is the film that Anthony Kelly, the programmer for Haunted House Fear Festival, called the best film he's seen in the past 20 years, and I agree with him. It's that amazing. We just wanted to let you know that that movie went to Cannes Film Festival. These guys are hitting it big, and we're so proud of them. These guys are amazing, and they deserve it. Uh, it didn't hit the, the awards. It didn't go, to the, go for the Palme d'Or, but it did uh, hit the March to Film, the Parade of Films, which is the marketing uh, portion of Cannes. Uh, where they where all the wheeling and dealing happens, but still made it to con, and that's amazing. I want a signed copy, Jules. Make it happen. <laughs> Jughead and Ethel are, are apparently the ones that are dating in Riverdale. Mm, not yet. Not, <laughs> not no. in season two. Season three. <laughs> season three, kids. Spoilers. Um, yeah. For people who are, who are not watching this show. <laughs> but no, I, I... Because back when I even remotely read Archie, I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I was reading Archie, because it was family save comics. And then I found the New Mutants. Oh, look. Magneto was right. <laughs> I do love that meme. I do, too. I mean, because, frankly, at this point, yeah, he was. Um, yeah. Are we actually recording? I, we are. We've been, recording. Oh, We've been recording for the past 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so we have some discussion of Archie. Uh, While talking about a 1980s movie. Right. While cool. talking about a 1980s movie. During the 80s. Well, I mean, the Archies were out in the 60s. The Archies have been around for that long. Oh, I knew it was, like, an older thing. Yeah. I mean, because the cartoon, the Archies. I didn't know the that film- there was ever a cartoon. Yep. The filmation cartoon with the Archies and Sabrina mm-hmm. was, yep. I knew that Sabrina the came from the Archie 70s. comics, but that's right. the right. extent of my knowledge. Sabrina didn't have her own cartoon. She had a cartoon with the Groovy Ghoulies, which mm. made me very happy. I always waited for the Groovy Ghoulies. I still do. Oh my god, the Groovy Ghoulies are out in there. I, I have to be there, because I love the Groovy Ghoulies. Um, like, we had this thing at work where we had to, like, we got assigned teams, and I was the team lead. And I'm like, okay, our team name is the Groovy Ghoulies. <laughs> That's what we're doing. So, yeah. And the only other person that got it is the only person in the department that was older than me at the time. <laughs> so he's like, ooh. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> and now I'm a team of one. One. I'm so lonely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn. But, uh, no. so yeah, this movie, it had been a long time 
since I've seen The Changeling. Mm -hmm. I forgot how much I don't like looking at George C. Scott's face. Mm. <laughs> He's, I don't. I'm like, you're fine. I get it. But I think because his big thing is Patton. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm not a fan of war movies or war in general. Uh, uh, military movies are not my thing at all. Um, I think that just kind of tainted my view of him. I mean, it was a fine movie. It's, it, it's considered a somewhat classic for a reason. Um, I didn't like it. I, didn't. I mean, and I don't have to, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. But um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just don't like looking at George C. Scott's face. <laughs> Mm. Like the, and that face playing a classical composer. I've seen weirder things. True, yeah. I've seen weirder looking composers. Yeah, like my band director, we he hated mm. he hated most of us because we he looked like the Snuggles teddy bear. <laughs> so we oh, called him. Shit. So oh, we no. called it. We called him that. Oh, oh no. shit. He didn't like uh, it. What? What are you doing? <laughs> Have you seen the robot chicken? With the Snuggles bear? Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen one, but I don't know if it's the one you're talking about because I haven't I watched Robot Chicken in a minute. I think there's only oh the God. one. I okay, think there's only the one. Hang on a minute. I'm you're so soft. So soft. Oh man. I I assume based on your reactions that you have not seen this one. Though. Maybe oh, this I is haven't. a trigger warning, actually. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. I'm not. I am. Oh my good God. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm no longer comfortable with that. Yeehaw. Um, I just totally brought down the mood. Damn it, Wouldn't it be hot? <laughs> like, it is not that kind. Like, like, potential burns hot. I mean, fresh out of the dryer, maybe, but then you're only talking about, like, hot plastic, which cools down it, in ten seconds. Yeah, until it melts and forms, like, a case and then peels the skin off. I, I don't think that... Why are we discussing this? I don't know. I don't know why you're even looking at me. I'm sitting here just living my life. I'm so sorry that I exposed you to that. Oh my god. Oh shit. Oh Jesus. Oh shit. Oh. So you still won't apologize about the stuff? No, I won't apologize, apologize about the stuff. Apologize about what the, about the stuff? The stuff is a good movie. No, you that is face. that is not an accurate statement. <laughs> It's just, a good bad movie. And just because it's not good doesn't mean it's not good. <laughs> I think the vibe definition. I'm pretty sure we're just not going to include that portion probably. on the recording. It's probably smart. Probably smart. One, I don't want to get sued by. And and points B through Network. Z, we points haven't through, done the opening. We yet. have not. <laughs> I think we're just going to start right there. <laughs> Ready to go? Uh, fucking all right, sure, whatever. Yeah, wait, man. Wait, I had my, I had my opening. I don't remember it. Okay, I got it. <laughs> Ready? Don't lock your phone this time. I'm or, listening. Are you responding to your brother? I'm 
I'm responding to my brother. <laughs> that dick. <laughs> okay, are we really ready? I'm I don't ready. know, are you? I yeah. am. <laughs> then yes, go. <laughs> I can't, this candy coated razor blades. I'm your host, Bob, and I know better ways to get into the fucking cellar. And here are my co hosts, Stephanie and RC. Please introduce yourselves. Hi, everyone. I'm RC, and I too spend my nighttime hours ethereally terrorizing people. <laughs> and I am Stephanie, and I don't have anything clever to say about the movie. I'm just that bitch. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We are talking about the 1980 somewhat considered classic The Changeling this week. Um, gotta say, not a fan. I mean, it, it's not a bad movie. I just, meh. Like, you already went on a five-minute rant about how you can't look at George C. Scott's I face. I really did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, uh... I, I don't want to look shame anybody, but his face just makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> well, alcohol's a hell of a drug. It is. It wow. does. It does things to your face. It does. Yeah. Oh, and he was on wife number what four, five, five at that time. It was Something the eighties. Like, yeah. It was cocaine. Like, yeah. like, well, <laughs> it'll make people do crazy shit. Cocaine and pintos with bad breaks. My <laughs> what blows my mind is that Trish Vandeveer married him mm-hmm. and she's ha- like half his age mm-hmm. i'm sitting there watching the movie going you married him yeah you yep. married him yep Again. and you were married for at least like eight movies or so married until, <laughs> married until he died married until he died yep jeez that's love he had like i said he had five or stockholm syndrome <laughs> <laughs> I like the delay, Bob. <laughs> oh my god. I know. <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome. Fuck. Alright, let's see. Wait. He. I can't believe he was married to Colleen Dewhurst. Mm. Well, that yeah. one freaks me out. Uh, Carolyn Hughes. Nine, no one knows who he I don't know any of these people. So Patricia Reed. Devin Scott, who's an actress who's his daughter. Colleen Dewhurst. Wait. Can you say that, that part again? Yeah, De- say it Devin exactly Scott? how you just said it, though. Yeah, say, say the words that came after that. Devin Scott, who is an actress. Uh-huh. Um. You were going through people that he was married to, and you it sounded like you said that Devin Scott was his daughter that he married. Oh, That was it. what stopped us. <laughs> yeah. Again, no. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Was his daughter. Was like, then he married. There we go. Then words then <laughs> um, then he Woody married bullshit. <laughs> God damn it. no he did not in fact marry his own daughter um, but he he married Colleen Dewhurst next uh, his two sons Alexander Scott who's a writer actor Campbell Scott I think I know who Campbell Scott is yeah you know who Campbell Scott is this one Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Played, um, who was he in The Amazing Spider-Man? Oh, he was the, the father. He was a cop. Uh. Yeah. No, he wasn't. That was derp. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Are you talking Andrew Garfield Spider-Man? 
Yes, he was not. That the, was Dennis that, Leary, that was my Dennis friend. Leary. Sorry. I'm, yeah. Hang on. He was rich. Oh, he was Peter's Peter's father. Peter Parker's father. Oh, 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 yeah. oh! Like right. right at the top. Right. Okay. Right, right, right. right. Okay. Uh, then he divorced and remarried Collie Dewhurst. God bless. <laughs> Elizabeth <laughs> Taylor, Richard Burton bullshit right, right. there. And then Trish Vandeveer. Um, that he just decided, hey, we're going to star in movies together for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. I think he did one movie with both Colleen Dewhurst and Trish Vandeveer. Well. Yeah. Yep. What the fuck, dude? God I mean, bless. If you can get your ex- your your ex wife and your current to get yeah, along, yeah, you pull that Bob Fosse shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> you Gwen Verdon that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and Fosse, and Fosse, and Fosse, and Martha Graham, Martha Graham, Martha Graham, or Madonna, Madonna, Madonna. But you keep it all inside. I love you. I love you. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> what the hell the are peering tablets that aspirin with the and the s scraped off? No. You've never seen the birdcage? You've seen the birdcage? What happened to you as a child? <laughs> I was Mormon. He was. Oh. Yeah. But no. Well, you got, you have to. You have time. Oh my God. You you need to live your own damn life. You Watch must the bird meet. Cage. Apparently yes. I'm moving too. <laughs> One of me story. is fucking Tell Jimmy John's. So my little brother texted me. Okay. Or first he called me. So then I'm like, oh great, something's wrong. Yeah, I didn't answer. <laughs> That's the worst. I, I, didn't, I didn't answer because I am not super up to talking on the phone right now. Hmm. For sure. Yeah. Um, Texting him back, like, hey, can't talk, what's going on? His response was, are you living some kind of weird double life? So then I start getting paranoid. <laughs> and then he stops responding. I'm oh. like, no, what the f- what's going on? And his response was, there was this guy at Jimmy John's who looked and sounded just <laughs> like you. I'm like, are you fucking, is this... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, you're gonna kill Bob. <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have died several times on this ship. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh uh, no. Like, how to activate anxiety in yeah. three easy steps. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. <laughs> Don't take three god minutes. damn it. No, you lead with, hey, I saw this guy. He looked just like you. Are you leading a double life? So apparently I I am leading a double life where I am both a web developer in Columbus, Ohio, and also working at a Jimmy John's in Fremont, Ohio. Wow. You are a busy man. Yeah. Because transporter technology exists. Right. And if that's true, I need to be traveling a hell of a lot more. You know what? It's a hard economy. I want to know which one's the evil one. Yeah. You, obviously. (laughs) Oh, of course. Oh, finally. The rumors come out. God damn it. Uh, go on with your movie plot person. <laughs> How about I start thing. with details? Is that? Yes, please. Give us the details. <laughs> Directed by Peter Maddock. Uh, written by Russell Hunter, William Gray, and Diana Maddox. Um, I, I wrote a note that this is Canadian horror, which we don't know if we've done before. I don't think at least since I've been here. I don't think we have. I keep meaning to do Ginger Snaps. Yeah, Ginger Snaps is a good time. I do like Ginger Snaps. Um, This is loosely based on a true experience by Russell Hunter, the primary writer of the movie, Mm -hmm. uh, while living in the Henry Treat Rogers Mansion in Denver, Colorado. Hmm. 
Well, going back to the Canadian horror thing for a minute, I do have to say Canadian horror is definitely better than Canadian hip hop. Because first off, snow. Uh uh-uh. uh. Second, I'm like looking at that album. You going, haven't heard French artists. <laughs> no, apparently I have not. <laughs> I don't know the words to the song. Licky boom boom down. Licky boom boom down. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, like, no one knows the words. Snow doesn't even know like, the words that song. I don't even think that's, that's the title. I'm thinking of that song Informer. going to my brain. Ew, I think it's you touched it. What? Yeah. Informer, yeah. 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 Uh, ew, you touched it. Oh my god. <laughs> We're flying off the rails. Go, go, all go, right. go. All right. Oh, like. Starring George C. Scott as John Russell, Trish Vandeveer as Claire Norman, Melvin Douglas as Senator Carmichael, Gene Marsh as Joanna Russell, and John fuck colicos sure as captain dewitt oh uh, yeah that dude who's in the movie for like all of five minutes yeah legit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it it had a decent tight cast i mean yeah I, I not too many people you're not dealing with too many people there are a few extras here and there i mean a lot in some scenes because right. you're at a concert but, yeah um yeah, you know, for the most part, you're dealing with you know five six people at most. At most, so th- so another tight cast. Yeah, which makes which makes this e- movie easier to watch for me because it is kind of a slow burn. It very uh, much is a slow burn, indeed. Yes, uh, I mean other than that beginning. Yeah, mm. they don't play around with they the beginning. Do not. <laughs> not at all. Nope. Nope. Mm-mm. Go for it. Yeah. I watched the Joe Bob version of this, so I had talking points, and mm. it's like three hours long because the movie is so long. Yeah. Mm. It was, it, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. So, John Russell, a composer from New York City, moves to Seattle, Washington, following the deaths of his wife and daughter in a traffic accident while on a winter vacation upstate. John rents a large and eerie Victoria area mansion, or Victorian era mansion, there we go. Uh, from an agent of the local historic society, Claire Norman, who tells him that the property has been vacant for 12 years. Quick She's talking so happy point. She took the house. Quick talking point. I would do just about anything to live in that house. Oh, that house is fucking house beautiful. is dope. No, every time I've watched The Changeling, which I mean, it isn't a ton, like it isn't like one I repeat watch all the time. Right, right. But um, every time they're like, his the friends that he visits when she's like oh i know people who work at the historical society i'll just get in touch with them i'm sure they rent something i'm like what historical society rents (laughs) shit i need their number right now because as far as i knew no one's allowed to touch historical buildings (laughs) you you can have a a a a caretaker that lives there uh-huh. Yeah, so some people can live in those buildings. They just can't do anything to them other yeah. than maintain the facade. You mean like um, destroy a, a closet to get into an attic room? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, you're really not allowed to do that. <laughs> Kids, don't destroy historical closets to get into historical attics, even if you think the house is haunted. Just don't. Just don't. Don't. Stop it. Go. Don't even want to talk about attics. No. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Not long after moving in, John begins to experience unexplained phenomena, starting with loud banging, which resounds through the house every morning. Which I would kill. Mm-hmm. I I would kill my own children if that happened. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, granted, he was in the house alone, which makes it creepier. Yes. Indeed. However. Um, I'd be like, this place ain't working out. 
You need to find mm-hmm. a new place for me. Not <laughs> 6 a.m., not for a half hour. Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. No. I mean, I wake up early. I do. But if something is going to wake me up like that, I'm going to find someone and I'm going to peel the skin off their body mm-hmm. very slowly. Mm-hmm. I can because sleep they deserve almost it. anything. Oh. Unless it's like a couple specific noises, like my alarm clock mm-hmm. or like a dog crying. Like, then I will immediately wake up. Anything else? Probably not. I'm mm-hmm. dead. Yeah, no. Oh. <laughs> nope. It's I mean, like my one superpower. It's it's great. Sleeping through anything, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm a deep sleeper. I am. And my alarm fights. It fights me in the morning. But something like that, mm-hmm. that's going to wake me up. And I'm not going to be happy about it. Someone will be missing a face. <laughs> I'm done. Mm-hmm. Continue. <laughs> Where the hell was I? Here we go. Uh, one night, John finds the water taps turned on and sees the apparition of a drowned boy in a bathtub. Days later, he discovers a hidden attic bedroom behind a concealed door, which contains a child's wheelchair. Mm. Creepy. It was concealed for a reason. Yep. Yeah, man. The reason wasn't good. No, it was not. uh, Claire helps John to investigate the history of the house and its previous tenants, initially believing that the ghost is that of a young girl killed outside the house in a traffic accident in 1909. Kind of fucking traffic. Uh, I mean... Those Model Ts were just horrible, man. They were like safety risks for I mean, sure. <laughs> Who had them it's in... going 20 miles an hour. Who I had them in move. Canada? <laughs> hey, you, maybe she got trampled by a horse. You don't know. It was and coal is heavy. Coal is heavy as fuck. That's true. John holds a seance at the house. Always a good idea. Of course. It overhears the voice of a spirit caught on a audio recording equipment calling himself joseph carmichael mm-hmm. after further investigation john discovers that joseph was a crippled sickly six-year-old who was murdered in 1906 by his father richard because he was unlikely to have reached the age of 21 upon which he would have inherited an enormous fortune from his late maternal grandfather to ensure the inheritance richard replaced the dead boy with one procured from a local orphanage and spirited him away to Europe under the pretense of seeking treatment for his condition. After years away, he returned when the boy was 18, claiming that he had been cured of his illness. That boy is now an older man, uh, played by Melvin Douglas, who is a prominent U.S. senator and business tycoon, who also is a major patron of the historical society which owns the house. Now wait a fucking minute. Okay, so... During the course of all this Sherlock Holmesy bullshit, if the senator is still fucking alive and doesn't know that this shit went down, mm-hmm. how the hell did they find out? Oh, that's right. It was the part of the fucking seance, wasn't it? I Some mean, how, how, how the hell did they find out? Hey, I'm the dead kid that the senator replaced. So, at this point in the movie, they don't actually know that yet. Right. Um, What they do know is that the kid was named Joseph Carmichael. They do know that he shares the name of the senator. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And they know that he was murdered by his father, Richard. Right. The rest of everything, where uh, Richard had spirited him away to Europe, they find in, I believe it's like a journal or diary. Okay. It's in some book. Right. um, Right. That was written, I think, by Richard memory is fuzzy um so it was the father's diary why would the father document that shit why are you gonna be dumb why 
because it was the late 1800s and he was an idiot he, an idiot apparently stoned on like coca-cola laced with cocaine or something i would have assumed um, opium but sure well either Keep way going. but no I, uh, oh bear with opium anyway um no what the fuck I, I, was he that far away from any other person that he could murder a child get a new one replace it send it to europe and have it come back a senator what the fuck i mean apparently yes because it's been how many years and no one knew right what uh, like, and so just, like oh i'm gonna write this in a journal and nobody's gonna bother me because i'm rich <sighs> my big thing is if all of this went down in the er- in the late 1800s mm-hmm. and little mr melvin douglas got adopted and sent off to europe and whatnot mm-hmm. he would be he would be so close to death by 1980 I mean, he was pretty whatever decrepit. He was he was pretty so, decrepit. But. So at this point, the the kid would have been born in nineteen hundred. Okay. Yeah. So eight, no, okay, so like eighty something. Old. Okay, yeah. that yeah. that makes more so sense born to me. Nineteen hundred. Okay, that makes more sense to um, me. Yeah. Murdered nineteen oh six, and then after that, got it. He replaced the kid, but the kid didn't necessarily have to have the same birthday. He could have been a year or two younger. Right. For sure. Okay, that makes more sense to me. But still. You, there's he, a paper trail for replacing the kid. Yes. Yeah, but when you got money, you can hide that kind of stuff. You can. I, I just want to surreptitiously adopt this person. I'm going to hand you money. You're going to hand me the kid. There's not going to be a paper trail. It'll be fine. My kimono's inside out. Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> I love the fact that you're wearing a kimono. I took an emergency shower beforehand. I I'm not going to go into details as to why. It's fine, though. We get it. Yeah. I probably should have taken an emergency shower beforehand, but did not. Deal with my stench, kids. Anyway, you weren't even wearing a shirt when I got I here. I was not. <laughs> <laughs> I was not. I'm better now. Thank you. Yay! Good. Moving on. Okay. Uh, I still finally. Why would you do that? Go ahead. Yeah, no, because his dad was a terrible person who wanted money and an idiot. Yes. Yes. Uh, so John's investigation leads him to a property that was once owned by the Carmichael family where he believes the body of the real Joseph Carmichael uh, was dumped in a well. Mm, yeah. The owner of the house built on the site, Mrs. Gray, at first refuses to allow John to excavate because it's in the middle of her fucking house. Yeah. Of course she did. It's in the middle of her kitchen. Mm-hmm. I thought it was her kid's bedroom. Kitchen. Yeah, I it's saw a kitchen. Sink. Hmm. Um... But gives her permission after Joseph Go- Joseph's ghost visits her young daughter at night and terrifies her. Which mm-hmm. is some shit. Yeah. Yes. yeah if I was. was that kid, I would never be right again. No. no. Oh, look. There, there's a dead person. Floating in, in what should be the floor, but now the floor's water. And right. Yeah. I, no. It's kind of like looking at me. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done with life yeah. in yeah. general. No. At that like, point. are we moving? We're moving. Right. There yeah. wasn't a question. No. We're moving. No. <laughs> I, I'm eight. We're moving. It's okay. If you you're not to... moving, I'm moving. Yeah. Right. I, I will leave this house. Whether you come with me or not is completely optional. And frankly, irrelevant. Pack my bags. Yeah. So you, yeah. Yeah. You don't own me anymore. Bye. You don't own me. Good night. <laughs> John finds the skeleton of a young child together with his christening medal, which he conceals from the police. Hmm. Mostly because the police have been dicks. Yeah, they have. 
John attempts to speak to Senator Carmichael in, like, the worst possible way. I know. Uh, as he's about to depart by plane, but is restrained by police. The senator is disturbed to see the medal, as it is identical to the one that he has. <laughs> usually it's Bob. Yeah, sorry. Usually it's his horror alarm. It, it, yeah, well, let me make sure that I, in fact, have turned that off. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, that was full volume. God damn it, Bob. Hi. The society cancels John's lease on the house and fires Claire. Carmichael sends a detective, Captain DeWitt, to John's home in an attempt to intimidate John and retrieve the medal. John refuses, and when DeWitt leaves to obtain a search warrant, his vehicle mysteriously crashes, killing him. But in the process, before John knows, he sees him in the closet. Like, he goes in the closet for something, sees him upside down and dead. Knows that he's dead before his wife calls him. <laughs> hey, he's dead! Um, okay. I'm like... I, I, cause I mean, I, the ghost killed him. The ghost could show him that he was dead. Right, true. Like I, I was afraid, because I had looked away for a moment or something. I don't even know. I knew that the cop was there. I knew that the cop had left. But then he he goes to look in the closet or whatever, and then like the mirror explodes at him. Yeah. And cutting his face or whatever. But when he looked in there, I thought it was the housekeeper. Oh. I thought it was the housekeeper upside down dead in the closet, not the cop dead in his car. Mm. So I'm like, that was confusing for a moment. That housekeeper was also slightly creepy. But then again, in an old house It's a like housekeeper. That, I know. Just the housekeeper's <laughs> job is to be creepy. Basically. Okay. But it, and you know why? It's because they didn't expect him to actually make noise. Mm. No, it, you're the help. You don't make noise in my house. That's how that works. And that's why people got upset when the housekeeper just showed up behind them. Uh huh. <laughs> you asked me not to make noise. What do you want from me? Goo. <laughs> After hearing of DeWitt's death, the senator agrees to meet John, who tells him the entire story. The senator refuses to believe the story and angrily berates John for accusing his father, whom he claims was a loving man, of murder. John then leaves the real Joseph's medal, the files, and the only copy of the seance recording. I was trying to use, like, sign language to say, stretch it out! But that didn't work. I'm okay. sorry. No, we are at, like, 40 minutes, and, like, 10 minutes of that is Archie bullshit. So. <laughs> he leaves the only copy of the seance recording and apologizes. The senator threatens John that there will be consequences if he has told anyone else of the story. All right. I still have questions about the seance. Yes. I have a lot okay. of questions in general when it comes to this movie. Yeah, well, ask them so that we may discuss. Well, what is your question about the seance? Let's go with R.C.'s seance question. So, A, how did he find someone willing to perform a seance? But, B. I, <laughs> I mean, it was the 80s. Seances were big. Yeah, but this time it worked. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> well, they, well, they found this one dude who's like... We, we test these people all the time. That's like the, the college that he worked at had this department of parapsychology. Yeah. And they're like, 99 times out of 100, it doesn't work, but we found one. I'm like, okay, you found one in how many years you're doing this? Okay, fine. So bring the auto writer to the house with the ghost in it. And it's like, oh, I can write yes while staring forward. That's awesome. Um, with my non-dominant hand. With my non-dominant hand, right. Okay. So. And the, the giant silver cone... 
The giant silver cone. The, the when the after the auto writing, they have they have that giant silver cone. Oh yeah. And it starts shaking, and then the yeah. the uh, wine glass gets thrown across, thrown across the room. The room and like, why are you wasting good wine? First off, oh wait, you're six. Never mind. You don't care about wine. You're six. Yeah. <laughs> you're wasting a good shadowed enough. Anyway, um. I have no idea where that went. Just <laughs> lost. I'm, I'm like... Bob just got really excited about wine. I did, and I don't even drink wine because I don't like it. I cook with it. Well... But I don't drink it. But I'm like... You're still wasting good wine. Adults are drinking. What are you doing? What are you doing, kiddo? I also feel like drinking wine at a seance might not be like the best timing. Could be kind of... <laughs> Could be seen as disrespectful to the dead, I suppose. It depends on what you're doing and, and who you're and, trying to communicate And who you're trying with. to... I mean, if it's if it's the ghost of George C. Scott. Okay. <laughs> 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 what are your questions? Because there's um, a lot... Like, this movie opens the door for questions to be asked. It does. Yeah, and I just... I'm not sure if it's me zoning out because of the pace or... There are just actual questions, but, like, I had my question about the senator and, like, how old he must be. Um, why did you push, at the very beginning of the movie, why did you push your car um, so you went past the phone booth so you could <laughs> walk back to the phone booth? Well, I, th- I think the point was was that was it, there was space on the side of the road that he could get the car off okay. the road. okay. Which, of course, did not help a fucking thing. Sure didn't. Because nope. we're dealing with upstate New York in the middle of winter when, you're, when you've when you got a car that cannot control itself facing up against a truck. So you've got, like, deadly Pinto on this side. <laughs> uh, that damn uh, Pintos. And then the dump truck that really can't fucking stop. It's not stopping. You just need to get out of the way. Inertia is a bitch. Inertia is, Inertia in fact, a bitch. Inertia is God, a bitch. God. Where's my pen? <laughs> yeah, that that's a good uh, it title. It is. Oh fuck! Ow, 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 ow. I had arms. They they used to do stuff. Inertia is a bitch. Um. Let's see. What other questions do I have? <laughs> um. I might that... have to rethink this one because of the bitch word. Oh, oh well. How um? How does one acquire that house? <laughs> how yeah? How does one acquire <laughs> oh, that house? Seriously. Uh, you know, uh, I'll even deal with it with it being haunted if they just keep it quiet. I'm like you let me sleep, I'll let you haunt. It's fine. Do your thing. Yeah, I'll leave you alone. Yeah. <laughs> Don't wake me up at six o'clock in the morning with banging like that. Don't. You can appear in the bathtub all you want. Just be aware that I'm probably just going to get in it. It's fine. As long as that water is hot, I'm getting in the tub with or without you. You can suck it, ghost. You can suck it. Um, I can't think of any other questions right now, but I mean, like we could focus on some of the the really nice moments in the in the movie that the that the um, the uh, description doesn't put by, like the uh, the music box situation, mm-hmm. the ball yeah. situation. Yeah. Uh, the wheelchair situation up at the top of the stairs. I don't stairs. think we've gotten to the wheelchair yet. 
We haven't yet. Uh, it's appeared, it's, but it hasn't it's a, been. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, th- there are a lot of, of nice nods to the, the actual pieces that are shown with mm-hmm. the haunting. First off, that clawfoot tub. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I like a tub where I can actually cover my knees and my tits at the same time. Let's do this tub. Yeah, yeah. I haven't found one. I know. So. Yeah, it's yeah. a difficult journey. I have, but they're in hotels in the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Not exactly like, easy to smoke But back. no, oh my, they're, swimming, they're like tubs you can swim in. They're amazing. Like four foot deep, like seven foot wide, seven feet long. They're wonderful. They are made for like four people. Mm. It's the best. Yeah, the problem is that I'm just kind of a giant. So yeah. Well, no. Still, you. Oh yeah. Lie down flat in this tub. Right. Just kind of cool. Doesn't help me. I know. (laughs) Because Americans don't believe in like. Oh my god! Just like taking a bath is wasting water. No, no, it's really not. But because you you can be. Yeah, can be. But you really use more water when you shower. Because mm. you're going to shower more often than taking oh, a bath. That might be true. So, it's just the amount of water being used is... It, I mean, it equals itself out eventually. But, I, I like to take a bath. I hit the damn microphone again. That's the second time. But I call, didn't call it an envelope. You didn't. So you I'm didn't. Taking this as a win. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, no, Americans just don't like bathing. They don't like taking a bath unless it's a bubble bath. It's something luxurious. To right. Us. It's not just to get clean. Yeah. And that's fine. I, I get it. A shower is more efficient in that way. It's also probably worse for your skin because you're going to run that, run that hotter water. <laughs> run that water hotter. Yes. For a shower than for a bath. You're going to dry out your skin more. You're going to break out more. And also you're showering more often than taking a bath, which means you're just wrecking and I hate to say that you're, this is what it's actually called the horny layer of your skin, mm. which is, you know, the outer layer, the, the you know, part we touch. So first off, don't shower that often, you know, just from a health perspective, you only need to shower, you know, maybe two, three times a week. Same with washing your hair. If you wash your hair, more, uh, I wash my th- hair like maybe once a week. Yeah. I, I will. I will rinse my hair. Oh get, yeah. You know, ma- major dirt out, but I will wash my hair once a week. Because that's what eventually gets the curl ba- put back in my heavily damaged hair. <laughs> <laughs> we went off on a really big tangent because I like big tubs. <laughs> and you were not a fan of this movie, so you keep finding of... topics to go flying it's off funny. onto. It, well, and again, it's not the movie. You know, and it's not even... It's, I, made, I made fun of George C. Scott's face, and it's not that he has an unpleasant face. It's just that you hate it. I don't hate it. <laughs> I don't hate it. It's actually a good haunting movie, except for one big thing that I'll talk about at the end. This movie is way more of a slow burn, uh, even way more than ones that we've talked about on the podcast before. Like, yeah. It's more of a slow burn than even Don't Look Up. Oh, seriously. And yeah. Don't Look Up was way better. Like, I know that this was my pick, so I should kind of champion it. Yeah. But. I mean, you don't have to. Right. I mean, I'm I'm overall positive about the movie, but yeah. it's it doesn't age as well as something like Don't Look Up does. Right. I mean, I'm I'm also overall positive about the movie. I really am, and we should probably wait for ratings for this. And I right. just hit the fucking microphone again. <sighs> I need to up. 
At least I knew what movie I was talking about right. this time. True, there is that. Um, there is kind of a timelessness to this. There is kind of a classicness about this movie, which, which again makes it more positive. I mean, we're not talking about the fashion by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, absolutely very definitely not. 70s. And we're also not talking about... It was accurate in that respect. It was accurate because I mean, it was because present it day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm also... I... I like movies from that era, but I also really have to point out that every single fucking woman ever that decided to be an American or Canadian actress at that time all went to the same fucking elocution coach. They all (laughs) sound the same. They all sound the same. Oh, everything is just so prim and perfect and proper. And, and, and I don't, it's the mid Atlantic thing. Mm -hmm. And it's, it was around that time. It was, it was around, it was just after Nightmare on Elm Street. Just after Nightmare on Elm Street, when people stopped using that inflection, when women stopped talking like that in film, it's always very odd for me to hear it, especially going back as far as film as the talking films went, way up until the mid-80s, that all these women just sound the same. They were all taught to act the same. I'm like... Women don't talk like that normally. They don't. I mean, it's only in film will you hear a woman talking like that, ever. I mean, as our token. <laughs> as, as your token female actress, you mean? <laughs> I mean, do, do you have any insight on the history of that? I don't have insight on um, the the trends of certain time periods. Mm-hmm. I, I do know that people try to get you to speak in a standard american like quote unquote accentless mm-hmm. yeah um american accent when you go to a school for it or something yeah. um and they will beat out any kind of any kind of little ticks or frills to your regular speaking voice and make sure that you aren't speaking in glottal fry and you know, back in your voice. Right, and, you know, right. like Vocal fry is so fun. Yeah, you know, so... It can be. It can be. Um, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like at that time period, it, I, I just think it wasn't an, an, just a thing about women in general in, in that kind of... Especially in that kind of... I want to say I want to say economic level mm-hmm. in in the country. Yeah. yeah, it was very much you wanted to you wanted to show that you you were worth your money, right? You know, so you wanted to put on that show and have your hair done just so and have mm-hmm. your your clothes done just so. Even though we were moving out of that kind of thought pattern, it was still a big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're still talking about women, especially well-to-do women, mm-hmm. who did, or go, even 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 when they weren't actresses, went yeah. to elocution coaches. Oh yeah, we're we're still talking about kind of the heyday of the coming out party, and yeah, that sort of thing. Um, that still goes on now. I'm right. Still, I'm not saying that the well-to-do still don't do that sort of thing. I'm just saying that it it's was, less common. It's less, oh, much less common than it was. However, we also have a much smaller middle class. And or upper class, right? You know, not. not I mean, I'm not, I'm not even talking one percent. We have right. a very, we have a much smaller, middle, upper, middle, lower, upper, 
class. Which Barely are the, existing. Where, right. Where, which are the people that would be, I want to belong to the country club and right. that sort of thing. Right, right, right. You know, which is where the coming out parties were happening and things like that. And they all did learn, women in, in general, did learn to talk that way. And they went to charm school and they went to... You know, they walked with the books on their heads. God, and that's Harry that. Potter Charm School sounds more <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Harry, Harry Potter's Charm School would be amazing. Well, well, like um, her her speaking did not bother me so much as her hair at certain oh, times. Oh, it didn't move. There is one awkward, scene yeah. I got so I got awkward, so distracted I couldn't tell you a thing that happened in the scene mm-hmm. because she had that swoopy at the hairline. Everything kind of dented in and then swooped back. Oh. And I just, was, I, I couldn't get past it. I just kept staring at it. And I mm-hmm. went, oh, shit. Wait, what did, what did they just say? Oh, right. right. There's, there's dialogue. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, God damn. Uh, she's got a bike helmet on, though. Like, I, I oh, oh no. God damn it. I know. <laughs> and and yeah, you, you know that that hair was set and sprayed and slept in. Oh, for, for sure. Yep. She had the, the toilet paper wrapped around her head, oh, yeah. pinned in, that hair was not touched for a week. Nope. Then it was washed. Then it was set. Excuse me. Then it was washed. Then it was dried. Then it was set. Then it was sprayed to right. hell and back, and it did not move for another week. That's why, welcome to the world, kids. Again, first off, I, I do say do not wash your hair, but once a week. But that is why women say it's the night to wash my hair. Yeah. That's why that became a thing. Because Thursday night, do your hair. Because Friday night and Saturday night, you wanted to go out and you wanted your hair to behave when you set it. Right. So, I just washed my hair and I can't do a thing with it is a thing. Yes, Once it 100% can, is. It totally is. Because you wash in condition and you it just loses any ability to do anything. You have to like give it a day to get dirty again before you can style your hair. Yep. It's the stupidest thing. I hate hair. I do <laughs> love, No, I love hair. But it's dumb. I, I don't know how to style hair, and I have people that style wigs, and I'm like, Ms. Penny Trayson, how are you doing that with hair? I don't I don't know what you're doing. I see you advertising those wigs all the time, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know how you get those things to do that. I don't. It's gravity-defying. What the fuck? How, what kind of voodoo do you practice that you can get those wigs to behave like that and then be shipped in a box? Yeah. What? How? How do you get this to stay? How much hair... What kind of ozone depleting chemicals are you using? I'm telling you, it's Aquanet, first of all. It's gotta be. It's gotta be Aquanet. Oh my god, because that stuff is amazing. It really is. Just, I mean, the higher the hair, the closer closer to to God. God. (laughs) Okay, oh my god. So, ugh. Wow, that went weird places. I find that most conversations, especially on this podcast, do. They do. They do. I mean, eventually something's going to go strange and we have to pull ourselves back, but that's totally, totally okay. But all right. So now that we've discussed her hair at length and why <laughs> we do need to find those stylists and just smack them. Down. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the beehive was a thing. Yes. The beehive was totally a thing. I have, we have pictures of Scott's mother with her beehive. It's glorious is what it is. But <laughs> I mean, Back then, again, with, with the hairstylist. I know you had that, 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 just that swoop back. That dent and swoop. Yep. That was like coming to, almost coming to an end in the 80s, but not quite. Because by, by the mid-80s, it was swoop up and out. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then taking those farrowings and bangs, going, baby. The bangs those and then the farrowings that are like Feathering. five miles yeah. side. Oh my god. My aunts tried to feather my hair. I've it's had crazy. my hair feathered. I've had I did the center part. I, I had did the, the <laughs> I did that too. Yeah, it yeah. was tragic. It was I had I I, I had the flock of seagulls like I had my hair feathered yeah. once and but it wasn't feathered. The 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 person literally just went snip straight so I just had these two oh. diagonal oh, no. lines across my face. <laughs> it was so buns. bad. The hot the ho- oh my oh it was bad. The, I mean thank God it was when I was like so middle sorry. school or high school or it, oh it, it, I don't think it was high school. I think it was more like middle yeah. school. Oh, but it was God. when I was first starting to get into the idea of like, oh you can get your hair cut beyond just tr- getting it trimmed for you know first day of school. Right, right. Oh okay. And my mom's like why don't you try feathering it and show me some pictures and i went okay and the chick looked at me blankly pulled my hair across and just shh and i said never again oh god never ever well, at least the blank look was on brand oh, no. like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh yeah that was on brand for that haircut because i'm pretty sure everyone was just aquanet poisoned just that's what it did just like the the blank stare I, I realize this is not a visual medium. I should really be setting up a camera and taping these and putting it on YouTube and monetizing the fuck out of it. But I don't because I'm lazy. Um, <laughs> but no, no, the feathering. My hair. You can't tell now because I'm balding. But <laughs> my hair is thick. I have a lot of hair. Mm-hmm. Except for the bald spot right on top. Mm. Not only did my did, did my aunts like pay to have it feathered, but they would have it thinned. It took like when I was a child, it took them like an hour to cut my hair because they had to go through and thin all of it out before mm-hmm. they could even attempt a right. style. Sure. And they used those weird like comb scissors. Yeah. So yeah. I always thought it was neat, but I'm like, how the what? <laughs> but yeah, it, I, I hated going to the hair going to the hair stylist because it was always like. It was never something I wanted. It mm. was something. Oh, my aunts are going to take you to get take, your aunts are going to take you to get a haircut. It was always something your aunts wanted. Ah. Yeah. And because I'm a twin. Oh no. It was something the aunts wanted for both of us. Oh uh, well, at least you weren't alone. True. There's. <laughs> it there was been, someone to suffer with you. There was, and suffer we did. No, my mom was always very much like, "Don't dress them alike." Oh, thank God. Yeah. But no, they didn't listen. Oh, no. I'm like, <laughs> we're identical twins. Why do you not want a way to tell us apart? Right. Why do you not want that? Why do you want to make your life difficult? What the fuck? Okay, go on with the movie now. I'm okay. done. For now. <laughs> so, we last left off. <laughs> the senator threatening John that there will be consequences if he's, years ago. if he's told anyone else the story of the, the boy he replaced. Right. And some kind of, whatever, fey transaction. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Claire goes to the house alone in an attempt to find John and is chased by the original slash real uh, Joseph's wheelchair until she falls down the stairs. I assume this is the scene that you were talking about? No, I was talking about when she first sees the wheelchair. It's after... Um, 
it, he heard the voice on the recording. Okay. And she comes over and listens to it, and she just can't handle her life. And she comes stumbling into the room, and she throws herself on the staircase, and she's crying, and she just can't. And then she starts to walk out of the room, and she goes <gasps> and slams herself so hard against the wall, you think her skull's going to crack. Oh, yeah. And he comes, and she just doesn't move. <laughs> At all. Because she's terrified Because she's of him. terrified. And so she, George C. Scott's like, what the, f- what is up with this bitch? And he goes over there and you see it just chill. You see the wheelchair just chilling at the top of the yeah. stairs like, yo, what's up? Mm-hmm. And that's not okay. No. That's not right. <laughs> that's not how things go down. Not on my side of town. No, no. <laughs> No, I don't, I don't need furniture staring me down at the top of the stairs. No, that that's some Pee Wee's Playhouse bullshit. Fuck you. Fuck you, Terry. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> the word of the day is bitch. Oh, John arrives and the house begins to shake violently. He escorts Claire outside and then goes back in to try and appease the ghost of Joseph. Like, why, white people? Why do you do this? <laughs> like, maybe if we... Maybe if we like bribe it it'll go away put it I, I put it in the category of he has nothing he feels like he has nothing left to live for that's that's all i can put it yeah. as like my wife's dead my kid's dead fuck it what's your problem ghost <laughs> yeah. listen you little bastard <laughs> <laughs> like when he when that scene when he walks in oh what i forget what it is what he had just done but he walks in and I think the the pounding, the banging's yeah. happening, and he's just like, "What? Oh, what yeah. do you want me to do? There's nothing left to do. Yeah, There's nothing right. left." That's after. <laughs> right? That's after he goes to the senator when the senator's getting on the oh, plane. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. When he when he Tries. bum rushes the dude. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how you get that's how you get to talk to a senator is bum rushing him on an airstrip. Exactly. And that's that's how you get a federal offense on your record. Is what you get. Oh yeah. Um. No. No. You don't do that. Um, no, no, seriously, there's, the wheelchair in and of itself, just looking at it, is fairly menacing, because, because it's one of the old tiny ones. only tiny wheelchairs are always menacing. (laughs) Just, I mean, it doesn't even need eyes to stare at you, it's just going to. So, one thing that, uh, the, the plot, as I have read it, um, doesn't touch on is that the, the original Joseph, the one who was murdered in 1906, Mm -hmm. um, was paraplegic. He mm-hmm. had no use of his legs. Right. Right. Hence the wheelchair. Right. And it became a plot point, which is why I'm bringing it up, when Richard murdered him because his legs were like flopping out of the bathtub. Mm-hmm. It was pretty disturbing. Yeah. Now the the death scene is is not No, okay. it's not fun. It's not a fun thing. It's less okay than that cuddles bear thing. Yeah, it is. You yeah. have to leave it in. You just fucked yourself. Damn it. Actually, I am the sound editor. I can take out that sentence. But I probably won't. Probably not. <laughs> so, okay. Um, helmet hair falls down the stairs. Right. That's where we're at right now. Yes. Right. Okay. Um, but but yeah. her hair protected her. Indeed. She lived. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> In the event of a crash landing, your hair will protect you in the fall. Your hair will will, will cushion the impact. Oh, man. 
Um, so he goes back inside and tries to appease Joseph. A strong wind causes... A strong... <laughs> Sorry. Mm. Just realized how fucking bullshit that is. <laughs> a strong wind causes John to fall from the second story. Joseph mm. then lights the house on fire. Don't know why you didn't do that, I don't know, when his father was there and he could exact his own revenge. Uh-huh. Simultaneously, the senator compares the two metals, realizes and finally accepts the truth before falling into a trance while staring at the portrait of his father. John witnesses the senator's astral body climbing the burning stairs to Joseph's room. Claire comes in and rescues John while the senator witnesses the murder of the real Joseph and suffers a fatal heart attack. John and Claire arrive to see the senator's body being loaded into the ambulance. The next morning, Joseph's burned wheelchair sits upright amidst the ruins of the mansion. The music box opens and begins playing a lullaby. Finn. (laughs) (laughs) You leave Dory out of this. (laughs) I just remembered another one of my questions. Why did we even bother discussing a little girl dying in a coal cart? Because it's it's in the plot for about five minutes, and then it's just like, well, oh, that, that wasn't it after all. Yeah. Be- because oh, they thought it might have been her, because she was the only death in the area right. that anyone knew about publicly. For sure. But but then they found out about the actual death that happened Surprise, that no one knew about boy. publicly. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, little girl. Well, why, do, why, do, why did he have to kill him? Why couldn't he just stuff him in the attic like every other good parent? I mean, good, bad parent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, most of them sent them off to asylums. True, there so. is that. A- except for, you know, no, we really wanted to keep your brother around. He just lives in the attic and we feed him fish heads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just need some castle freak in here, you know? Right. So, what else are we supposed to do with our food waste? R- I know, right? <laughs> 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 we need some the boy in here is what we need. Um, oh. So I will say, uh, I know I loved I know. it until I appreciate that movie as well. I, I do appreciate that movie until, right, the un- twist until the twist. I'm like, yeah. And now Katie Holmes is doing the second one. Mm-hmm. At least she got I away from Tom Cruise. I was totally on the free Katie train. I really. Was. Oh yeah, I think everyone was ultimately probably because Tom Cruise is an ass. But Melvin Douglas, let's talk about him for a minute. Okay. Okay. Because he was actually in another movie about old people doing stupid shit called Ghost Story, which is amazing. Oh, yes. Peter Straub. Okay. Uh, wrote that one. Um, who Already wrote, on board. Yeah. It's really fucking good. Um, but yeah, it's basically like these four dudes raped a woman and killed her right, by accident. Raped on purpose, killed by accident. Okay. Um... <laughs> And now she's coming after their kids and them. Her ghost is coming after mm. her kids and them. It's it's delightfully creepy. Also, so it's like the other slippery. side of the coin of the, the Nightmare on Elm Street. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, which is, I, I mean, it came out well before right. Nightmare on Elm Street. Because I remember seeing it in the in like a drive-in when I was like 9, 10. Um, yes, kids, I remember drive-ins. People forget that I'm like four years from 50. There was a drive-in in in Tiffin, Ohio, until recently. There's actually still one in Columbus, I think. Oh, yeah, South Drive-In. It's still open. I keep trying to to get my partner to go, and he will not do it. Why? Well, busy. Eh. Work is a bitch. Yeah, I get that. I get it. That sucks. The last time I went to a drive-in, though, I watched Catwoman. 
The Halle Berry Catwoman? The Halle Berry Catwoman. <laughs> it was in uh, Cincinnati. I was visiting <sighs> friends and like a whole, like a, one of the bear groups or whatever went out to the drive-in and we all went and we were all like cackling at this movie so loudly. Like well, that's no one response. in this, in, in this movie theater, I call it a movie theater, in this drive-in was, was watching the movie. They were all just laughing at it. I'm just like, uh, and it's, it was actually better than watching it in a theater. Hmm. Watching it at the drive-in with everyone outside just drinking and hooting and hollering right. making fun of this movie was the fucking best. That's why and the drive-in's watch- so great. I know. But then you're like, you're sitting there like on a screen that's four times the size. Oh, yeah. Watching fucking Sharon Stone eight ball her way through this movie. Oh. Excuse me, high ball. Eight ball something totally different. <laughs> I was going to say, goddamn. <laughs> No, she's she's like, like I gotta kick some ass later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's that too, possibly. But no, she's they're just there with her fucking highball glass that entire yeah. movie. Just like, pay me, bitches. I'm gonna say these lines, and you're gonna pay me, and I don't give a shit. And I'm the closest you're ever gonna get this fucking clayface on the big screen, and deal with it. I'm like, first off, fuck goals. you very much. Second, <laughs> goals. <laughs> but no, um, sorry, tangent. But no, Ghost Story was actually a much better movie than this hmm. i have to say this is a good movie this is not a great movie um and i know and now that we're, we're at the end i'll discuss why okay okay it's got all of the hallmarks of a classic haunting a, a, up to and including you're taking and moving the body outside of the actual house but it's still on property that used to belong to the house yeah mm-hmm. so it, it's still there um, you've got all of these these bits and pieces that make up a good haunting movie, and a lot of them were even taken for like poltergeist. But then you've got George C. Scott, who is a good actor. I appreciate his work. I do. Again, I don't necessarily like looking at his face, but that's just because I don't necessarily find him attractive. But the problem with George C. Scott in this movie is not his face. <laughs> It is the fact that his character, one, doesn't really show a lot of the grief you would expect from someone who just lost their family four months Ew. ago. Oh, yeah. And two, it's like, oh, it's been four months. I'm just going to move across the country and, and get a new job. Whatever. Okay. And two, he's being terrorized by this thing that could literally kill him and did kill a few people. And he's just like, whatever. He's walking through this movie like, okay, I can handle this, blah. There's no fear. There's no fear from George C. Scott. And that ruined the movie for me. I can see that. It it made it not as good a movie as it could have been. Mm -hmm. As good an actor as George C. Scott is, he should have been able to show the fear that this ghost should have been causing him. It's like, no, wait, no, I just want to be able to sleep. That's what he got. That's what I got from George C. Scott out of this, mm. out of this role was, no, you're, you're fucking up my sleep. I have a class to teach. What are you doing? Good points. That, that, that's all I got. And, and yeah, he was angry because he found out, oh, wait. All right. So I do have this thing. It doesn't really bother me. But even when he found out the reason, mm-hmm. he was more angry at the reason than trying to figure out how to stop it. Yeah. Yeah, he was just like, I'm going to be all amateur Sherlock Holmes now, and here's your fucking medal, Senator. 
Uh, that's all I got out of it. I didn't get anything more than that. Trish, this character was very two-dimensional. She was. He was. La, 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 he was. Yeah, I sorry. I was going to mention right. her. She was much more believable. She was actually afraid of what was going on. Oh, and yeah. That was the point. It's a ghost story. You're supposed to be afraid. It's horror. I didn't get horror. I got semi-meh Sherlock Holmes garbage. So, again, it's a good movie. Those things just ruined it for me. So, um, you guys have any thoughts before we go into ratings? I will admit, it took me a few tries to finish the movie this time because I was trying to focus and I kept zoning out Mm -hmm. and, um possibly i like you saying that about george c scott it, it does it does kind of ring with me um i put i also put it in the category of those classic haunted house movies mm-hmm. like um the haunting or house on haunted hill or st- stuff that like was more in the 60s mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is all valid and all super great. Right. But not something that I usually watch on the regular. Right. Yeah. Um, I'll watch them if they're on. Yeah. You know, if, if I see it, I'm like, oh, we're going to watch this. That's great. I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to actively seek it out. Yeah. My, like, my taste level tends to start in the early 70s um, when it comes to horror movies. There's a few. Mine is much later. <laughs> well, you're also much younger. He's, he's not much younger much. than me. Um. But, uh, yeah, um, I will, you know, you know, it's mostly George C. Scott in the movie and he does kind of just walk, you know, walk in here and do this and walk in here and Mm -hmm. do that. And there, you don't really get a lot from him. Right. Um, except anger and frustration from time to time, the closest to empathy that you get from him is when he hears the recording and he calls um, whatever her name is in the movie, his his wife, Trisha Vandeveer, calls her. Claire. Claire, thank you. And promptly passes out mm-hmm. on the ground. Right. You know, the, that you know, that is the most you get out of him in the movie. The rest of it is either him pissed off at the ghost mm-hmm. or just kind of like... Well, I guess I should figure out what's going on here. Right. And so maybe that's why I was having a hard time focusing because I just didn't care about his character. Mm. Well, it's like it, it, we we talk about the pool movies. I'm pretty sure this was a pool movie for him. Mm. I, I don't think this was something he, he actively sought out. I think he's like, I need a paycheck and my wife's going to be in it. So why the hell not? Double paycheck. Woo-hoo. Double paycheck. Woohoo! We get to actually pay for the wedding. Uh, whatever, because I don't. I think they were married at this point, but it wasn't for very. It they were married at this long. point. Um, but I, I think this was just again a pool movie. It, it was just something to do for a paycheck. It wasn't anything he was emotionally invested in. Mm-hmm. Even in the, that beginning scene where you see the accident that kills the wife and daughter, he's not struggling to get out of that phone booth. No. He's just kind of banging at the door. He's not trying to open that door. He's just banging at it. And I'm like, you Did saw you they had a good work? 30 I know. You saw they had a good 30 seconds. 
Oh, he yeah. He watched that happen for a good minute. I'm like, yeah. you had time. You had time. And I understand that you were trying to play it out for drama, and I get that. Sure. But that was, I mean, the directorial choices may have played a good played a yeah. big part in that, too. He may have been listening to the director in that case. But I really don't think that he was in emo- at all emotionally invested in this film. Trish was, to a degree. Yes. She did very well. Uh, I mean, again, barring her mid-Atlantic accent, where, you know, she just sounded like every other woman on right. screen at that point. Um yeah, you know, except for like Madeline Kahn, who's amazing, and I love her, and I miss her. And that's I just wanted to mention Madeline Kahn. <laughs> um, well, no, because Madeline Kahn, her when talking about voices, oh, her yeah. voice is very distinctive. Oh, indeed, because she could do that Mid Atlantic accent. Because she she is a goddess. She oh Madeline, I miss you. Come back, come back, please. Because um, <sighs> I. Remember that my my second favorite movie is Young Frankenstein, and eventually we will be talking about that on this on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But we've got Madeline Kahn at that time, who 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 was already a big star, who's in the Mel Brooks films, who's in History of the World Part One and Young Frankenstein and and the whole thing, where because she's a comedian, because she worked in comedy, she could get away with not talking like that, right? Whereas any other woman who wanted to be taken seriously all sounded the same with that mid-Atlantic accent. It, it's a very odd thing to watch. Mm-hmm. But it could, but Madeline Kahn could do that. She could do the middle, mid-Atlantic accent. Yeah, if she wanted to. And, and make it funny. Yeah. She did all the time. It's wonderful. But anyway, go, can, not going off on those voices again, because it, we've done it to death. Kind of like this movie. Um, no, there, there's just no heart to this movie particularly when it comes to George C. Scott's character he didn't play that I'll agree with yeah yeah he, he didn't play it as if there was any feeling he played it as if he was emotionally dead and I can get that if I had watched him react any more authentically to the accident mm. as it was because he didn't right I didn't feel anything for that character at all, or from that character at all. He wasn't scared. He was just kind of angry that people kept waking him up. That's it. So, anyway, your thoughts before we go into ratings. Um, actually, every all of the thoughts that I have that I haven't already said are kind of a part of my rating. Okay. All right. So, are we ready for ratings? Sure. Okay. So we're good on time. See. Um, <laughs> tangents, tangents. I love them. When we're talking about you know decent movies with not a whole lot of plot, uh, <laughs> so this movie, this was not something because my mom, I, I, you've all heard my mom was a, was a horror movie fanatic. Mm-hmm. She loved all this stuff too. This was not something that she sought out either. So this isn't something that was watched a lot in my house as a kid. Um, and by that time, you know, horror was not as as big a, a piece of my life because my parents were divorcing and things like that. Right. So, so it wasn't something that I had been exposed to until much later when I was actually in my 20s when I was rediscovering horror. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good movie. I will always say that it's a good movie. It kind of deserves its classic status. It's be- a lot of people's favorite movie. It is. It is, and I understand that, and I get, I, I get why, and because there are things to like 
Yeah. Because this does bring in a lot of those classic tropes and actually, you know, doesn't necessarily create them, but uses them well. Yeah. It uses those bits and pieces of a classic horror movie well. So it's a good enough watch. It is. You do have a sense of dread. Just not from the main fucking character, which is what you want. Mm -hmm. So, that being said, I I think I'm going to have to give give this movie. I'm sorry, I can't I can't even give give it middle of the road for me. Even though it's a classic, Mm -hmm. even though uh, it is considered part of the oeuvre of haunted house films, um, I have to give it. Personally, only on a personal level, like two out of five, like fucking Pee Wee Herman wheelchairs. I can't. I, can't. Oh, I also wrote down wheelchairs. Damn for it. Mine. Speaking of dread, though, I will say if you want to talk dread and creepy, the chick at the historical society. Oh, her. Now she gives you creepy dread. Yes. Just the. We don't want you in that house. Yeah. Like, you should never be in that house. That house doesn't want people. And she's just got this this hard stare. Yeah, there and, was a problem with the paperwork. <laughs> yeah, and, and you're just like, oh, shit. Uh, well, I, I'm very sorry. Yeah, uh, what, um, what do I need to do? Are you putting a hex on me right now? <laughs> what? I, I'm, she, she, she is the creepiest part of the movie for me. Yeah, I know. It's like, just, lady, remind me, like, to keep any stray hair or fingernail clippings uh-huh. away from you. Just, no. And nope. The, and, like, they're going through the, the records and trying to find, you know, the records, and, the, and it stops at, like, 1902 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, Claire's like, oh, whatever your name is, um, what the records after 19, or before 1902, do you know where they are? And she just kind of stares at her for a second, and then she goes, what do you need, what do you want to know? <laughs> and George C. Scott's like, well, we want to know who lived there. And she just cocks her head to him, <laughs> stares at him for a second. So-and-so lived there from this to this. And did it. I'm like, oh, God damn. Are you connected to the Matrix? What is... What kind of freaking... Oh, what so, kind of Indian in the cupboard? To be to be totally fair, I am friends with many librarians, and sometimes that's just how things are. Yeah. <laughs> with that same haircut. Oh yes. Oh yeah. That same outfit. The whole the whole right. deal. Even so, the men. The sweaters. The patches yep. on the elbows. Yep. Every time. The color right. scheme. Mm-hmm. Just kind of to blend in with the books. I like to smell like books. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone should. I know, because the smell of books is amazing. Mm-hmm. I have books just because books. I love books. I have. I do have my Kindle, but give me a book. Yes. I want a book. If you're going to buy me gifts, books. I like books. Go on. I mean, we're on a movie podcast, so we maybe are. movies might maybe also we... be acceptable. Movies are, in fact, acceptable, <laughs> but still. <laughs> So, all right, who's next? Um, On my picks, I like to go last. Oh, okay. All right. Um, like I said, I can tell how how this is a classic. I have several friends who will name this in their top five. I've heard many people say that it's in their top, um, their top movies. I was just listening to another horror podcast with this comedian Betsy Sadaro that I like. Um, Damn it. And- 
Stop hitting the microphone, Bob. It's, it's there in my, my arm. and um, <laughs> Yeah, we know how hitting things I works. <laughs> but she was talking about... I was listening to this week and she happened to bring up the changeling and how it fucked her head up when she was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know? I could see that, especially for oh, the yeah. time. Oh, oh I, yeah. And especially because it's dealing with a child. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, for me, though, it is it is a long one. Mm-hmm. And it it does have a bit of a slow burn on it. I would I'm capable of putting it middle of the road. I would give it um, I give it like three and a half out of five uh, red rubble rubber balls in the river <laughs> for sure. Because it does have some really fantastic moments. Yeah, and some really like like I said the librarian chick, um, in in. Claire seeing the wheelchair, you know, right. there's some really yeah. great like per- performance moments and there's some really great creepy moments. Mm-hmm. So I give it, I give it three and a half. Okay. So this movie, as I feel like I say entirely too often, um, hit me kind of weird. Um, this was my pick. Uh, uh-huh. It was one that I was like the changeling, huh? This sounds mm-hmm. like it's about the, the Fae and it's going to be like a, actual swap so i'll watch it it wasn't i was totally wrong um i have a weird like i don't know how to put this exactly where i'm kind of sheltered from hearing a lot of things like i didn't know that this was a classic i didn't know that it was well known at all i didn't know that people mark it as like their one of their favorite horror movies in any way i didn't know anyone heard of it right um so in in some ways, I think that's a really good thing because I kind of go into watching something like this with a relatively blank slate. Yeah. Um, for this, I found myself enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, older movies, and a lot of it, and, and this part makes me kind of miss Andy, um, a lot of it is because of sound design. Mm-hmm. Because for whatever reason, the sound on older movies, because I have some issues with audio processing... Um, unless there's a nostalgia filter mm-hmm. already there, I just it just grates on me where I'm like I can't really understand anything that's happening because the sound quality is like right. a little bit worse, and I'm just like I I don't know what it is. I just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one I I did enjoy. Like the sound design wasn't terrible. It well, wasn't great. Like look at the time. Yeah, I, you you also have to understand that this was before Dolby. Yeah. 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 Um, but it was also, you have to take into account that I think they paid special attention to the sound design because it was primarily about a musician. Right. So they wanted to be very careful yes. with that. Which worked out well yeah. for the movie. And for a horror movie, it has a very high budget. It, had, it was a budget of $1 million and mm-hmm. oh. that was 600000 Canadian. Yeah. So they had the, they had the money to yeah right. in 1980 they had the money to burn yeah you know yeah. Um, but I, they also had George C Scott mm-hmm. I did really enjoy this this slight variation on a retelling of uh, the formulaic ghost story mm-hmm. um, it wasn't what I expected when I went into it but I still enjoyed it and I. Had given it three out of five ghost wheelchairs, but since Bob already took that because I like to go last, that's on me. Yeah. Uh, so I'll give it three out of five creepy christening medals. Is that a thing? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, for christening medals. Yeah. yeah, totally a thing. Uh, okay. Yeah. Mormon. Irish Catholic, mm. mostly. I, it, it's religion in my house was odd. I think we've already had this discussion though. It's it's more like we, a few times. Yeah, we have. It, it, it was more like you know, mom said, "Mommy wants to take a bath, go to church." Yeah. That's, yeah. So. <laughs> So anyway, uh, no, it's. I think that if you want a better ghost story, watch "Don't Look Now" with Donald Sutherland from 1973. That's a great one. Yeah, that's a wonderful, and it, and it uses all that delightful Italian architecture. Mm. It's great. Um, so for for a more appealing visual experience, definitely go with that one. But this one isn't a bad pick. If you yeah. if you if you've if you've not been exposed to it before, again, it's not a bad movie. I just personally don't care for it. It didn't do what Don't Look Up did for me. Yeah. And that's what I wanted. Right. Right. So anyway, I know this one was not exactly laugh heavy. Sorry. <laughs> We're trying. We're really trying, but George C. Scott just sucks the life out of me. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> oh god if you want to uh, email us lay eggs in our brain you know tell me how much you want rubber balls in the river whatever i don't know anyway email us at bob at candycoderazor.com you can hit the website at candycoderazor.com you can hit us up on our instagram at ccrb underscore podcast you can hit us up on patreon at patreon.com slash candycoderazor find us on facebook by going to facebook.com slash candycoderazorblades and don't fucking look at our twitter <laughs> <laughs> IMRC, you can message me at our Discord or on the Facebook. Either way, you can talk to me about, I don't know, Riverdale and tell me how I'm an idiot when it comes to Archie. Or, <laughs> or talk to me about weird old Canadian horror movies. I may or may not know something. I probably won't. <laughs> uh, talk to me about weird recent B-horror movies, and I will. So, Especially if they involve clowns. Are you excited about Clown Nato? Yes, he is. I knew you'd be excited about Clown Nato. I'm so excited about Clown Nato. Max posting me in that, like, tagging me in that shit. I had to write a review for Clown Nato's trailer coming out, and I was, I, 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 it's one of the shortest things I've ever written. It's mostly the, the no. It's mostly the press release (laughs) that was given to me. I'm so so excited for Clown Nato. Hey, it's par for the course with the, the stuff that I get at the website, unfortunately. Yeah, if, if, but somebody's got to do it. Right. So anyway, now that we've done all that stuff, and, and we've expressed our sympathies yeah. to poor Stephanie for Clownado. Bye! But she didn't do her thing. <laughs> wait, yeah. thing. wait. Oh, damn. Oh, my God. Wow. Like, thanks, Bob. I was like, we really thanks. did. I thought we did the thing. Like, I was like, thanks. we didn't, thought we did the thing. We didn't no, all no, do it's the fine. thing. Oh, my no, God. No, it's fine. It's, it's oh totally fine. Oh, my God. Like, it's, it's like nothing. It's like, whatever. Oh, my whatever. fucking God. Go, please. <laughs> I'm Stephanie, and you can find me usually if you look up my name, Stephanie Hayslip, on your favorite social media, or Night Pet with a Y instead of an I, and uh, check out my review of the Clown Nerdo trailer on FangirlNation.com. I'm fucking worst. (laughs) I'm the worst person on the human. Oh my god. You're the worst person on the human. Bye. 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 <laughs> oh my god. What the fuck is wrong with me?